Hi everybody, this is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, day 27. It's now been eight weeks, three days since I began this experiment to podcast my thoughts and feelings about compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips. And today I hiked up the mountain to my upper Zen spot. So those of you who are new to the program, I typically podcast outside during my exercise. It's a motivating factor for me to get my butt off the couch and out the door because I love podcasting. For those of you that have been following along from episode one, wasn't yesterday crazy? More about that. When we come back from listening to my opening inspirational song, I'm Letting Go by Josh Woodward, I'm going to talk more about the ups and downs of compulsive overeating. But I'm letting go, I'm letting go, it's a history that never really grows, I'm letting go, I'm letting go, it's a silent wind that never makes me feel better to listen to I'm letting go because I think that message is so important when we're dealing with compulsions about anything and particularly for me overeating because that is my compulsion of choice and yesterday episode 26 was a doozy talk about an experiment I'm not kidding. The first half of episode 26, where I'm walking around Montrose to honor Kendra. Hi, Kendra. Here you go. An extra shout out for you. Kendra in Winnipeg, Winnipeg, Canada. Okay, I was walking around Montrose. That was really fun, and that was fine. But when you jump ahead to the second half of 26, that really was me seeing if a podcast moment could keep me from binging. Because when I went home from Montrose, I had my hand on the chips and I had a second bag of chips on my top cupboard because I do eat one ounce of these chips every single day for my lunch as I've described before. But I wasn't going to eat one ounce. I I was really after the whole thing. My compulsive brain was berating me, yelling at me, yelling at the world. I was really working myself up into a frustration binge of the highest order. So no, it wasn't like a breakup binge or my pet died binge or I lost the job binge or something like that. But it was a full-on frustration binge. And I'm amazed because after I was feeling this and when my hand went on the chips, my first thought was, I better go podcast. No, I got to be honest with you, because I've had binges before and told you after the fact about the robot aliens coming down for me, right? This was the first time that my brain said, you better go podcast. Oh my gosh. My brain told me, I guess my other brain (laughs) fought the aliens and said, Lori, you better go podcast. So I guess eight weeks and three days of training myself to talk about my feelings kicked in. So maybe all of this advice we've been getting for experts for years to try to train yourself to do something different in the case of a binge, in my case, was working. And it was actually fascinating for myself. It might have been really boring for you, but it was fascinating for me to to listen to 
the last half of that episode as I went through my day and to describe the feelings and the anger. And I noticed when I was listening, when I'm talking to you guys, I still kind of cover up. I still put a big smile on my face. But I mean, I was really pissed. You know, the type where if you had a punching bag, you could just whack it to bits or, or take a stick and whack it against a rock and just hit hard. I mean, I was so angry. And I've talked before that I think some of us for compulsive overeating, in my case anyway, there's a lot of rage. There's a rage about things that did happen in my childhood or didn't happen in my childhood. There's rage about things that happened in relationships and things that don't happen in relationships. It's almost like in turn, inside me I have this internal fairness clock that is eternally pissed that life has not been fair to me or things don't turn out the way I want them to. And one of my explanations inside is it's because, Laura, you are bad. You aren't quite as good as the people who did get the, the best job, the best relationship, the best childhood, the opportunity to be thin and go to the prom and to, to do all of these things that you feel you didn't do. And that kind of turned me into a rage monster. But I hide it down deep. I hide it deep, deep down because I'm also a people pleaser. I want you, the podcast listeners, to like me. I want the people I meet in life to like me. If someone asks me to go do something I don't want to do, I don't want to say to them, you know, that just doesn't ring my chime. That's really not what I'm interested in or I'm tired or no thank you. Actually, all you ever have to say is no thanks, not this time. But I always feel compelled to make up like long rambling reasons like oh no, I think that particular day I'm going to be doing this and then I have to do this and then I have to do this. And all with a smile on my face, nodding, trying to get the person to say, oh, that's okay. That's just an example, right? And in fact, yesterday I asked you guys to call my bravery hotline because I really get a kick out of it. But then I went on to, which I think is sort of manipulating you by promising you to put the picture of me in the bathing suit on if you would do that. And I will follow through with that promise, but here, let me kind of apologize because manipulating you into taking a step that you don't want to take in order to please me is not good for your journey. And I'm here to be a support, not a damn manipulative buddy online or not. You don't need another person manipulating their needs on you. So let me just say clearly and succinctly, I really would love if any of you listeners out there feel up to it, feel okay to call my voicemail line and record a greeting to me. Either tell your story if that's what you'd like to do. Tell a success. I think that would be great. Uh, Say I need support. Just say hi. Your name, like here's an example. Hi, I'm Lori and I really love to go hiking. I like to listen to your podcast when I'm hiking. Okay, that's not too bad. I mean, anything. I'm just trying to get the voice of you listeners and brave companions onto the show for others to hear because there really are quite a few of you who are communicating with me in one way or another, either it privately via email or Facebook messaging or more openly through comments on my website or different, different ways. And I know you're out there, and I know that a lot of you are in different stages of braveness. Some of you are just taking baby, baby steps, and the fact that you're even listening to this podcast about compulsive overeating proves how brave you are. 
So in order to make it a little bit less scary for you to call, I actually got a new toy the other day. It's a little device that lets me record phone calls on my iPhone. So right now I'm going to play for you the message that you would hear when you call the Bravery Hotline. Now in the States, it is 206-350-6445. If you're outside of the United States of America, the country code for us is the number one. So that would be 1-206-350-6445. But I don't know what number you would have to call to get to the international calls. Okay, so that I can't help with. But if you know how to get through to this phone number that is United States Area Code 206, and then the rest of the number 350-6445, this is what you're going to hear. Hi, this is Lori at Compulsive Overeating Diary. I'm thrilled to bits that you were brave and called our bravery hotline today. Please leave any comments, questions, stories, or just say hello at the beep. Be warned, it's going to take a minute because you've got to listen to the end of my greeting, then listen to a fax message, then you'll hear the beep. And at the end of your recording, you'll have the chance to re-record it if it isn't how you like it. And if you want to be anonymous on our podcast, just say, Lori, don't use my name. However you talk, I'm so glad that you called. Please send your fax now, or wait for the tone to leave a voice message. Begin speaking at the tone. When you're finished, hang up or press the pound key for more options. Now, the cool thing is if you use the voicemail bravery hotline, when you get to the end of your own recording, if you press the pound key, you'll have the option to listen to your recording again. So if you press number two, you can hear exactly what you sound like. And if you like it, press one, go on your way. You don't like it, you can re-record it. Actually, I'm not sure if it's press one, but I know that if you press the pound key, you're able to get to where you press two to listen to your recording. Okay, enough about that. If there's one thing that I've learned, it's that you brave companions know by now that I love to hear from you. I don't care how I hear from you, I love to hear from you. And really all you need to know is go to compulsiveovereatingdiary.com because you will find each and every way that you can possibly reach out or see me or you know, get something. I'd love, in fact, if you would come to the website because it's at that website that the Brave Companions are commenting and supporting each other. And I think that's really the most important key in this whole process is the support. If podcasting and talking to you out loud can help me stop a frustration chip binge, then maybe if you train yourself to do something like just go make a post on this website, it will give you that moment in time to stop and consider and let what your true feelings are come up. In fact, I want now to do a, a shout out to listener Sandy because this is a success shout out. There's nothing better than to share your successes as well as your struggles, okay? This is what Sandy has to say. I'd like to share a couple of successes 
Since I started becoming a brave companion, I have made a few yet significant changes that are starting to show some results. I've lost four pounds. Yay, Sandy, that's awesome. Which in and of itself is not earth shattering for the three weeks or so it has been, but I've started to get a sense of self-control and self-esteem that I have not experienced in a while. I have made better food choices more consistently, and now I don't feel normal unless I go on my 45-minute power walk each morning. How about that? To have an exercise become so routine that it becomes part of who you are. See, that's much better than, than thinking, let me go walk because I need to burn some calories. This is fantastic. Back to her letter. I'm starting to feel the presence of my inner structure under the fluff, and that feels great. Lori, I thank you again for the support, and I hope I can be there to help support you as well. And what I like about Sandy is that she's willing to support you too, and me, and others. And I think, actually, when we reach out to support the others in this process, it kind of, besides making you feel not alone, it kind of elevates you out of that I'm horrible place to here, let me stretch out my hand. I can at least reach out and say, I understand to someone else. I know it makes me feel stronger, and I'm guessing for some of you it would make you feel stronger also. Now, as promised, I wanted to talk about the ups and downs of our compulsive self and what it's like to live with it and what it's like when we go on a diet or we're not on a diet. Now, when you're stretching back in time and thinking about your history, your food histories, some people start putting on weight later in life like Sandy did. That's true for her. Some people are like me and they've struggled all of their life. Some people kind of start the weight gain problems in their teenage years or their young adult years with their metabolism kind of slows down a bit. And every single time it's a struggle. In fact, some people when they're teenagers are trying to lose weight when they don't even really need to lose weight and that can kind of trigger some eating issues for them where they're restricting their calories when maybe their body really wants to eat. All in all, something that I think we have in common is that we're not eating in tune with our body anymore. We're eating for our emotional reasons or we are eating past where we can hear that we're full, or we've stretched our stomachs out to such a point that even that cue isn't really reliable for us. And so if we're compulsively heading for the chips or heading for the ice cream or heading for the donuts or heading for the cupcakes or heading to whatever our foods are, we will go into that mind-numbing state where we ignore our body signal and just eat too many calories. So if you have any excess fat on you, any place, I mean any place, on your chin, on your hips, on your tummy, on your arm, if you have too much fat compared to what's healthy for your body or what feels good to you, all that is, it doesn't mean you're bad. It doesn't mean you're disgusting. It doesn't mean you're lazy. The only fact that that means is that you ate more calories than your body can burn off over time enough for your body to store that energy for you. All fat is, is stored energy. <laughs> your body's waiting for that famine to come, that time when you need this. Think I better, you know, keep this on the hips there. <laughs> and there's different body types and 
different hormone levels that will make you put your weight on your hips or after you get a little bit older. Even I put more weight on my tummy than I did, even though I'm extremely pear-shaped. But the emotional damage that our correlation to being fat and bad does to us, even if we're not really fat, but we're scared we're going to get fat, and that kind of gets into the binge bulimia type mindset where you're doing everything you can whether it's purging or laxatives or exercise bulimia where you're over exercising to burn off what you overate. all of that is due to the fact we don't want to be fat and why not be fat you know in the mid 1900s or before someone who was fat was considered prosperous and jolly for real because in those times sometimes food was scarce Times could be lean, so if you had enough money to be fat, that was kind of seen as a positive. And in some cultures, that used to be seen as a positive. So let's just imagine for a moment that our culture really valued having excess weight on us. You know, no matter what we thought, you know, like the sumo wrestler culture in Japan. Let's just say that we were really fat made us very valuable. How would that change our feeling? Would you say, thank God, and let me run right now to those chips and stuff it down and let me put even more value on my body, right? How do you actually feel about the amount of fat on your body? Is it easy for you to walk around? Can you ride your bike or dance or do the things you want to do? If you have kids, is it easy for you to play with your kids? Do you feel just fine? Some people feel huge if they're in a size 10. Some people want to be size 0. Some people would be feeling relief if they could hit a size 14. You know, it's all about how you feel in your body. And if you can kind of talk to yourself and put it into that mindset for yourself. How do I feel today? Not like, how do I feel? Do I look fat in these jeans? But how do I feel inside my body today? Is my body working the way I like? Do I have energy? Do I feel fine? Because, tell you the truth, if in my heart of hearts, just for aesthetic purposes, I wanted to get back down to a size six again, I would have to exercise extremely and I would have to eat very, very little. For my frame, metabolism, and age, I would really have to dedicate every waking moment of my life to maintaining that body if I could get it again. And for some, like a lot here in Southern California in the entertainment industry, it's very important to them that they maintain as good a physique as possible. And so that really is their job. They spend like, you know, several hours a day working out and watching every single thing they eat. A few lucky ones have a good metabolism, but I'm telling you, I've worked around film people before and they work hard to get those skinny, <laughs> slender, good physique bodies that they show off on the red carpet. Is that really what you would want? Is it worth it to you to have to think about that every moment of the day? Well, not me. I kind of have my equivalent of a red carpet moment at Weight Watchers when I got down to my goal weight and I was a size six in a dress and eight in pants. And it felt good that the amount of work and focus and thought that it took me to get there, it was too much. And I had really forced myself to be on an external diet plan for the amount of time it took for me to eat less than my body was burning. 
And after that hit, some other emotional things happened and I went right back to my old behavior. And I've been bouncing up and down the scale ever since. I've been up, I've been down, I've been up, I've been down. I've now been back over 200 pounds for quite a while because I think my body kind of likes to be right around 200. That seems to be a weight it enjoys, my set point as it were. 200 is kind of okay. Like I told you before, at 191, I felt really good when I rode my bike around Hawaii when I was 50. I felt really good at that weight. So that's the first weight that I'm heading for. Right now I weigh 210, a little bit more. So I've lost almost 15 pounds during my podcast experience and I feel so much better. I can walk so much more easily. I can breathe better. I have more energy, but I still feel like my body is a little too big for what I want to be able to do with it. It takes a little too much energy for me to haul this much around. So when I get to 191, my plan is to evaluate how do I feel in my body, not how do I look at my body, because I'll be honest with you, I'm going to look bigger than the average bear at 191, but I'm not going to look horrible. I'll be able to get into, you know, some regular size clothes around, you know, size 14 maybe, 16, something like that. But I will be able to do what I want to do. And if at that time I feel like my body still feels like it would feel better to lose a little more, then I'll continue on. If not, I'll experiment with upping my calories until I'm leveling out and I'm going to practice this time my maintenance skills because I don't want to be going up and down the weight mountain anymore. I don't want to be fighting my compulsions anymore. I understand that they're going to happen and these binges might happen because I've had this habit for so long. But I am hopeful. I'm going to do my best to live my life as a supporter and a communicator and somebody who sees food as something to enjoy, not something to fear. So until next time, take care because I care. I'm a slave without a master, heading for disaster, kicking up the dust in the middle of the road. I've been waiting on a free ride, ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound. And there I'll sit, I'll admit that I was only just a guest inside my skin. And by the dawn, I'll be gone, it won't be holding on. Silence.